Are you ready? Podcast that is put on by Curiosity Public. I'm Dutch. I'm Jules. Dylan. Dylan. Roger. Roger. Um, all right. We got another one of our random smorgasbord episodes today. We got a few different stories that we thought would were interesting that we can uh, chat about a little bit. But before we get into that, what are you guys drinking, Jules? Well, so I'm kicking off this new year with excited something <laughs> that we rated diamond. Whoa! <laughs> in our Ultimate Spirits competition, Four Square 2008. Nice. Oh yeah! Oh, so you right. know, I do have something funny about this though. Yeah, so please. I did do the neck pour for my dad over the holidays, just because you know he's become oh, a big right. fan of uh, our show and he's been watching like crazy and he still couldn't believe that we gave a rum a diamond mm-hmm. and so all right well then i figured i'll crack this out as a good excuse to crack it open and have him try it and guess what right. he hated it <laughs> i was gonna say that's a high proof um, he hated it he could not take it <laughs> what yeah it was hilarious he's like you guys like this stuff is <laughs> literally his exact reaction from there he's like, uh, you know what believe it. i think anything it's high proof yeah, yeah you need but to go yeah, back to it start him on the uh, you know, start him on the sagacity instead and then work no, your way i know up. i should have but uh, but it's funny because i did warm up with like a uh, with statesman actually was his warm-up which mm. he really he really enjoyed and then i'm like okay are you ready for this this is diamond are you ready <laughs> <laughs> You built it up to him. He was dude. so excited. I didn't have to actually because he kept watching the show. He kept replaying that episode for whatever reason, uh, and uh, <laughs> it was hilarious, man. Uh, wow. You know what? Next time, next time we meet up, I gotta figure out a way to present that in a more palatable way. Perhaps I'm gonna have to think about this one, <laughs> but I think I can convince your dad. No, that I don't know, man. Worthy of it. I think I can do it. I think I can do it. Man. I think so, huh? You know why? Because we had dinner where we had like bananas, Foster, and. Um, we even went to uh, New Orleans, right? Or did we not go to New Orleans together? <laughs> I don't know. Remember? Anyway, um, he oh, enjoys boy. that. He enjoyed that cuisine. I feel like I can uh, put it true. He did enjoy that cuisine. I look at it as a challenge, anyway. And the All one right, dessert well, we did have prior to that was apple pie. So I don't know if that played into anything. But. No, no, no. You got to get some banana cream pie. I know banana cream is yeah the right choice. Yeah. yeah. All right, Dylan, what do you got? All right, so I got something interesting. I think between all of us. This is the third version of this dram. It's the High West American Prairie Bourbon that is finished in banyuls. Banyuls. Can you spell that for the listeners? What is a banyul? I have no (laughs) idea what you're saying. It's B-A-N-Y-U-L-S. Banyuls. Do you, you don't so, know what like baños? baños like bathroom no not 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 baños uh baños baños uh, vinegar it's a dessert wine it comes from france you know hopefully during our video we can go through baños as a focused spotlight it is created in a very very interesting way it's a very very sweet wine it's a dessert wine Mm. and so they finished it for eight months in it and i gotta say very interesting it's very sweet it reminds me of tokai Mm. okay 
So is it like a like a tail of cake? Kind of. It's a much more rich version of that, where they're putting some primary dram into a secondary, very, very, very sweet barrel. So it's interesting. I'm really excited to compare all of these. Compare it to the the original dram. So that's what I'm enjoying right now. Cool. Well, I'm cracking into something a little surprising. I was over on our set today, and I, this caught my eye. Johnny Walker Gold Label, which is Whoa. kind of one of my uh, Whoa. one of my go. I don't know, man. Something about this dram. It's it's of all the bottles we have, <laughs> that <laughs> caught your eye. <laughs> it was gold, dude. You come on, you feel me? That's me. Yeah, <laughs> like that would get me. I was channeling uh, Jules. No, you know what? This is such a great background whiskey. You know, you can you can focus on it if you want to, but for something like this where we're just chatting, this is kind of the level of intensity that I I really enjoy. So it's mm. I don't know for some reason and keep coming back to this one. I can't explain it. I love it because I love it. It's it's like, oh, Glenn Farclas, 25, um, you know, Gendronak, 21, you know, McCollin, yeah, Johnny Walker Gold. <laughs> I know, dude. You know There's what? Hey, that's cool. like, well, are foolproof over there. There's yeah. George T. Oh, there's everything, man. There's a Johnny, I think, celebratory blend over yeah. there. And there's a Johnny swing. You should have yeah. taken a I swing at the swing. swing. That's, that's yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> Anyway. All right. Well, anyway, that uh, got some interesting drams for ourselves today. A couple of so tax take a swing at topics. Yeah, we're gonna take a swing at some topics. We got a couple of tax related ones. Great boys. Oh, and then and then we'll we'll end on a. I, I on still a have note. until April fifteenth, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, what, what are we talking about this for? <laughs> well, not our taxes, but liquor tax. Uh, the first one is one that actually just got passed as part of the second uh, year-end funding legislation, and that is the Craft Beverage Modernization and Tax Reform Act, which was to make permanent some tax cuts for distillers. Previously, distilled spirits were taxed at $13.50 per proof gallon. And then uh, you know, this tax cut started in 2017 and dropped that down to $2.70 per gallon for the first 100,000 gallons. So this, this really benefits the smaller craft yeah. distilleries, although I think everybody gets a benefit from that, obviously. 100,000 gallons is, is a pretty big number. And the, uh, the changes make that permanent now. So a pretty significant drop. Yeah, um, huge. I'd like to ask, what is the intent? Well, with this, I think the idea was to, obviously, this is kind of lumped in with some of the stimulus, right? This is to help the economy out. This was to help, especially some of those smaller craft distilleries, because they were really the ones pushing for this, because that basically is probably all the stuff that they produce. I don't actually know how many gallons they would produce, but obviously the big boys like a Jim Beam probably are surpassing that. Yeah. But this, that's a huge tax cut. Yeah, it's a huge. I wonder if it's to offset the tariffs and the challenges of exporting and then try to compensate for that. But I wonder ultimately what it means for the American market, right? I mean, we live in the United States. Is it going to make it cheaper for us? Or is it going to just stay the same and increase the margins for the distilleries? Well, I think the idea would be- the latter. Yeah, I think it's probably going to help the margins for the craft distilleries, allow them to hire more people, allow them to expand Mm. there and helping the economy. I mean, maybe they can pass some of that savings on to the consumer because, I mean, consumers are hurting too. So Yeah. Well, even if they did, if they made some awesome dram, it's like the secondary market will have its own handle on it. So So we need to just find a way to tax the secondary market is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's what we really, that's how we really solve this problem. Turn it from a black market into a gray market. Yeah, you can't do that though, right? It's cash. Cash yeah. is king yeah, exactly. in that market. So I wonder if 
I wonder if it does expand the small craft distilleries, does it offset the cost of storage and therefore we might see some longer aged products from the smaller distilleries. I say this because where I live, there are a lot of small craft distilleries, independently owned. They have small volumes. When you're talking about small batch, this is like truly small batch. But the problem is if you consider all the costs and things like that, they're struggling to age it even like six years because they have to make some type of profit in order to remain viable. And so I'm wondering if these tax cuts will allow them slightly more flexibility in doing a little bit more aging and things like that. I say this because, man, <laughs> there's some rye distilleries around here that like they'll age it for like four months and <laughs> they'll try to put it out or six months, right? Yeah. Or like, oh my well, God. I mean, that's, that's the plight of any craft distiller, of course, right? Like you have a business and you, you can't make any profit for what? ideally seven to 10 years, right? That's where you want to be that sweet spot. Right. That's not a viable business plan. So you got to make your vodkas and your gins and stuff you can crank out day one. Right. Yeah. And I think everywhere just wants to put out something, hey, let's just see what it tastes like. Oh, this is good enough to try to sell. And I guess people buy it. So yeah, they try to sell. I guess we'll never market. really find out only because I mean, the short term of this was only 12 months anyway, right? So it's like not enough to make a significant production impact. What are you talking about? Uh, well, this what the tax decrease was only for one year, and then they extended it permanently, right? So it's not oh, like yeah. so I'm well, talking about like in, in uh, 2017, of, right? But I mean, like in terms of like the the well, Dylan's desire like to see this fold into like the production side, you know, like these benefits folding into the production side. It's like, well, we won't really know. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that part of this boom is too short of a run. I think part of this boom was actually because, it, you know, this has been around since 2017. So I think the past three years, we have seen this increase in craft whiskeys as a result to some extent. Oh, yeah, no, definitely with the number better. of players, but not necessarily in the quality. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, now that it's permanent, I don't know. I don't know what's going to change, honestly. Yeah. I think we're still going to have some of the same problems. I think it's yeah. just going to be easier for these guys to survive. So maybe they'll survive to the point where they can have some well-aged stock. But at that point, it's like, how much of the stuff are they setting aside for five to ten years? Exactly. Exactly. How much of it are they just selling? So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You got to imagine that, these, that, that they want to age it because they know it's going to get better. So mm-hmm. I would hope that there's some good aged craft stuff coming out. But I just hope that the intent was to create more competition and more competition provides, I think, better products. So yeah, you know, let's do it. All right. Well, I think also the other thing it could do is it could make some of these craft brands better acquisition targets for some of the big players too, right? Because they could look at it and the books all of a sudden look a lot better. Margins are way better. The margins (laughs) are better. So a big company could come in and that can help get more products out under the market. It sucks because everything's owned by a few companies then, but that's kind of a general economic principle, right? When you see these kinds of things happen, you get, you know. There's always consolidation. Market consolidation and then, you know. People come in and break it up and then consolidation and break it up. And, okay, well, let's not discuss oh, more, more Centauri. Let's, uh, let's Wait, talk. I'm falling asleep as, here. Dude. I know, I know. Come let's on. talk about another tax called a tariff. More um, taxes? Are you yeah. saying? Wait, just one more. This lineup, just one more. Let's get it out. Let's get it out Someone early. I've been talking to our CPA, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have a CPA? <laughs> you have a CPA? Dutch. <laughs> Haven't you seen our end credits? <laughs> Accountant Dutch. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, so the U.S. slapped more tariffs on Europe on December 30th. A 25% duty is now going to be assessed on certain cognacs and grape brandies and wine from France and Germany. This mm-hmm. is retaliatory for uh, some of the Airbus Boeing disputes and, you know, Boeing being a U.S. company and Airbus being a French company. And apparently we need to punish France again. So <laughs> now we're taxing cognac. And this is kind of in line with the one that we saw on scotch the 25 percent tariff on scotch that went into place last year you know we saw a pretty big decline in scotch exports to the u.s as a result and i've seen prices go up personally i've just seen prices go up yeah so that sucks and i think we're probably going to see pretty much the same thing with cognac i mean maybe a little bit of a smaller market but i don't know you think these things are going to get turned around in the next administration let's talk politics no No. so so (laughs) let me let me you know i'm wondering we talked about how hennessy is the official drink of choice for the nba is hennessy going to drop the nba and nba going to drop the hennessy you know that's a good question I mean, well, Hennessy's just going to basketball get, in Europe. Hennessy's just going to get twenty five percent more expensive. I mean, I think that's going to hurt sales. It always will, right? Yeah. And it will probably. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at some level, it's going to reduce how much they're exporting, right? If they're selling less, so interesting. It's always hard to tell how these things will play out, especially tariffs. I mean, the, the Scotch one. I wouldn't say that there's less Scotch on the shelves. I just feel like the price has gone up a bit. I know Not, this strays away from like our main alcoholic theme, but it's like I'm really impressed with how like this. Like the airline industry can impact this. I mean, well, plus it's one nuts. equals what? <laughs> you know? No, I mean, I get it. It's just basically moving money around. But I mean, still, it, this it's nuts, right? It's like, dude, dude we're, we're talking about like, okay, because Boeing and Airbus plane dispute or manufacturing dispute or battle and then like gets imposed down to cognac. Yeah. What the yeah. Well, Seriously. I mean, I imagine that the, the calculation was something like this. Uh, well, let's hurt them. What right. are they exporting? How can we to hurt us? them? What are they exporting? Yeah. This is where they're, yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that these things must be pretty high up on the export list. Mm. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't have been targeted. But wow. All right. I guess, well, I guess about, we're going to have really to. Really making that much money? Okay. From so, it? so let me, let me kind of comment on this because. I mean, the cognac shelves always seem way, way smaller around here compared to <laughs> scotch, mm. <laughs> bourbon. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Whiskey. I mean, come on, really? Yeah. Really, that much of an impact? It's true. I mean, I, I talk so about- A Boeing 777. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you serious? Come on, yeah. man. It does kind of seem like the whole thing of like, oh, you broke into my house, so I'm going to go like steal your hubcaps. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's just like, it's like like a weird, yeah. I hear what you're saying. uh, I don't know. It's just, uh. Well, this again. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna explain that this is another explain government commerce to us. Yeah, yeah. Let me (laughs) let me weave you a tale about government commerce (laughs) and and retaliatory. Uh, Uh, Well, look. I think this is another reason why having a broad palate, meaning enjoying various types of dram, is advantageous. Okay, so they're locking down a lot of things. So the good thing is we still love bourbon. And, you know, we hope that aside from like the secondary market garbage, we'll still have some delicious stuff coming out. Well, I mean, and you would hope that with the taxes being added to cognac and scotch and the taxes being lessened on domestic distillation, hopefully we'd see a price drop on bourbon. But I don't think we're going to Because domestic taxes will just go up too. (laughs) It bounces it all. 
Sales taxes. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we have to just kind of pivot. We pivot to rum. No one seems to care about rum, right? I know. Rum's kind of forgotten. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Jules' dad, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, is, well, my dad okay, will so gladly forget about rum. A rum <laughs> cocktail is a very, it's a party drink. And mm-hmm. let's talk about partying to close this off. Because I've heard this from a couple of different commentators. You know, historians will point this out. And there's an interesting article in the spirits business about this as well, which is this idea that once we get out of lockdown and once there's enough people vaccinated and the world goes back to not worrying every day about COVID, that we're going to have roaring 20s, but not the 1920s. We're going to have a roaring 2020s, much in the way that, you know, after the Spanish flu subsided, there was the, you know, the great Gatsby era with the roaring 20s and people partying and drinking and gambling and having a great time, that we're going to start seeing that in, you know, 2022, 2023, as the world kind of emerges from this hell we've been living through. I think that's, not a bad prediction. What do you guys think? I think it's going to happen. I think it's not going to be like Roaring Toys. I think it's going to be like five times bigger. Yeah. Everyone is going to be double fisting. They're going to be holding a beer with their feet and two glasses of liquor in each hand. While smoking a joint. <laughs> <laughs> smoking a joint with the other foot. Um, you know, because look, they, they legalize marijuana in a lot of states. Liquor is flowing like crazy. Essentially water. RTD market is yeah. obviously insane. Well, you know what's, what's interesting? So I, as I was, so I think I'm going to be taking the opposite position on this. I think it's going to be a slower crawl. I mean, you know, if we were to look at history as our guide, I mean, partly the Roaring Twenties was due because also World War and like the relief and stress out of that, right? And I mean, don't get yeah, I get it. You know, this pandemic lockdown is really new for our generation. So it's almost like our own war in that regard. It's a war against a virus. But I don't know, man. I mean, part of me feels like I think there's some protocols that have now been enacted that are going to remain with us in terms of like, you know, like hygiene protocol and whatnot. I think that's just because you're OCD and you're hoping well, that, that that's And I'm days. actually hoping that that is the case. But dude, imagine. So, you know, like I've been watching some, you know, football, right? And you're seeing some of the stadiums where they're allowing fans in. And it's like, dude, this is like a good time to go for someone like me who doesn't like, who likes the sport, but doesn't really like watching with a ton of fans because everyone's all spaced out. You know, there's yeah. like two rows between everybody and stuff. And it's like, oh man, that would be an amazing, <laughs> you know, it's an amazing time to go. I don't know, man. I think people yeah, are nice ready. People, and- people are ready to party, man. Yeah. People are ready to party and they're just waiting, I think. But I want to dovetail off something that Dylan mentioned with, you know, like booze sales are, are crazy high. But as I was looking through kind of the spirits business articles, they're actually talking about how a lot of these companies sales overall are down because private mm. consumers are buying like crazy. But you got to remember these brands sell huge, huge oh, amounts man. to bars and restaurants yeah. and they're not buying anything right now. Yeah. So I do think once those open up and people are drinking so much at home more and stocking their home bars i think it's gonna just boom i I really do i think it's gonna it's gonna be a double whammy yeah Yeah, i think when people go back to work they're just gonna have a bar at work yeah and it's gonna be like mad men right well minus all the sexism yeah well let's um, i don't know man you guys really think people are gonna actually be going back to buildings to work i mean i think they anybody that's not a certain degree but not as much as before i feel a lot of this is proven yeah i agree a lot of remote work and so we're gonna have to like socialize 
together in other. That's why um, the office is just going to become a bar. So they're just going to go there to socialize. Exactly. (laughs) Right. So it's literally just your pub. Okay. I I don't understand. (laughs) You know, so I I don't understand the, the incredulity that Jules is conveying here because Jules, you worked in Ireland where our office had a tap. And as we walked in the door at 8 a.m., we all got a pint. Oh, no, I'm not denying that. We started with a pint at 8 a.m. The idea of going to an office is strange to me now. On a regular basis, and I feel like that's going to be a lot of people, you know, so I have some relatives who, like in the banking industry in New York, and it's really interesting hearing, you know, their planning commission for the next year in terms of how, you know, from the operation side, they don't plan on stocking up on desks and telephones for another two it's certainly not going to expand. I think but I mean, right. I, and, and I, I think, think that, right. that might think- play into like the more slower role of, you know, the whole social gathering outbursts and stuff, only because I think work does, or at least it used to pre-COVID play a big role in terms of, you know, social gatherings and all that stuff. And I think like that missing is huge. Oh, no, no. You know what? I'm going to counter that. Let's say that you are right, that we're not going to go back to the office. People want connections. And so the only way they're going to have a connection, they're not going to go to the library after work. Okay. They're going to go to a bar. So this is when this is going to be the roaring 20s the roaring 2020s, right? Yeah. Where yeah. you're going to finish your work at home and then you're going to like, all right, time to go to the bar. Actually, you know what might happen? You know how people work from coffee shops? People are going to start working from bars, I think. I think that's going to be, day drinking is going to come back. People are going to bring their laptops to the day drinking bar. Basically, and, you need a Starbucks of bars. Like, yeah lined up outlets and wi-fi ready to go (laughs) yep yep you see i could totally see that yeah that's gonna be the next year we'll see all right so i think what this tells us is that everybody listening to the curiosity public podcast you guys are perfectly poised to be ready for this because you're gonna know everything (laughs) about spirits because you listen to us talk about stuff completely irrelevant (laughs) and they're gonna have no idea about taxes (laughs) no no you know what's it's gonna be there's a utility here because once people can go to that bar after work right because everyone's gonna go because everybody is lonely at home doing nothing they gotta meet they will know all of the dram that's out there because of our program and they can basically order like professional like a pro yep order like order like a pro that should be our new tagline order like a pro i like that's right that's right. Which means I'll have what he's having. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? You know what's gonna be? It's gonna. Uh, um, can I get a uh, George T. Stag? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh uh, yeah, you you got that Pappy twenty five. <laughs> no, no, no. Do you have that High West whiskey uh, finished in bonules? <laughs> I'm looking for a oh, Highland Park geez. that's first fill only. <laughs> <laughs> Second fill, you peasant. <laughs> All right. Well, before oh we become, become too much more snobby, Jules, you should take us out. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, listening to Curiosity Public's podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to check out our YouTube channel. We got new content up there weekly, do reviews and drink throughs. And if you like what we do and want to help us out, be sure to check out our subscription membership program, Curiosity Private, on YouTube as well. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay curious.
we got to be adding when we say the uh, join Curiosity Private. But if you're an iOS user, try to open a browser and then select request desktop site. <laughs> you open your browser. All right, I'll say I'll add that. That's so idiotic.